You're listening to Conversations, brought to you by TechSquare ATL. Welcome. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a fun gathering, very large gathering, the largest gathering of corporate innovators, students, startups, and other community members in TechSquare. Uh, we got a lot of story to tell about TechSquare. Atlanta's been getting a lot of great uh, narrative out there today with the, the morning starting at Atlanta Tech Village, a stop at Plant City Market, and then just through an Opportunity Hub. So we're the last stop on the tour before they get to Opera, so hopefully we'll be able to throw a lot of more in their head. So I'm Scott Henderson. Uh, I'm with the Sandbox crew. You can consider us the USB port for TechSquare. Uh, we bring a lot of social events and fun stuff, so we bring the fun. Uh, and I first uh, just want to go ahead and bring up the big man himself, President Bud Peterson, uh, Georgia Tech president. <laughs> Welcome. I, I, I met you. You came over this little place I was called, running called Hippopotamus. You kind of came. I didn't realize you were a Kansas State Wildcat uh, football player, right? You, we try not to talk about Kansas State? No, no. So I, I want to talk about it. I'm from Nebraska. So you're from Kansas State. Then you went became a president of the University of Colorado Boulder. Boulder. You're one in seven against the Huskers, which is why I hear you came to Georgia Tech, because in 1990, Georgia Tech beat Nebraska in the Citrus Bowl. That's just a rumor. So anyway, Bud Peterson. And tied for the national championship with the, with the University of Colorado at Boulder. So you're the only two losses. So I'm going to put this here, but listen, it's great to have you here. I want to welcome all of you and formally welcome you. I think I may be the only person here in a, no, uh, Keith's got a tie on. I was going to say, I may be the only person here in a necktie, but it's great to have you, great to have you here in Tech Square with us. Um, I want to recognize a couple of folks, uh, Steve Case, uh, Steve's right here. Thank you for being here. Thanks for coming to visit us. Um, David Tyndall, uh, where's David? Uh, over here, David is a partner with Gateway Development Services, and they actually manage the Synergy building, which is, uh, I don't know, David, is this part of Synergy? Uh, so it's this, on this side, and building kind of goes that way. Uh, Kevin Byrne from uh, uh, the, the University F Financing Foundation, and Paul Judge is going to join us here, I think, shortly. He should be here. Uh, Paul is uh, working with the uh, uh, founding partner of TechSquare Labs, which is one of the other organizations here that uh, is working to develop this uh, innovation ecosystem here. But it's great to have you here. I don't know how many of you were in this part or knew what this part of uh, Midtown looked like 12 or 13 years ago. TechSquare is actually 12 years old, going on 13 here. Prior to that, it was a lot of open fields, barbed wire, razor wire, broken glass, and parking lots. And it has been completely transformed. transformed. Georgia Tech jumped the connector, came across, put the College of Business over here, the bookstore, the foundation, the hotel and conference center, and this innovation center or ecosystem has just grown and erupted. We've seen a tremendous growth. I've got a timeline that shows the new companies that have located here. I'm not sure what the goal was when Georgia Tech first came across the connector, other than to try to expand because we were fairly limited in terms of space on that side. We're fairly restricted geographically. We came across, knew if we could locate a couple of the kind of anchor tenants, the bookstore would get the students over here, the College of Business over here, the hotel and conference center, and then knew that we wanted to create some kind of innovation zone where people could come together and create new ideas, new businesses, and you build on some of the synergy that exists with the, the uh, information, the expertise, and the knowledge uh, that exists over at Georgia Tech. It's grown, I think, far, certainly far beyond my wildest dreams when I came six years ago. It was kind of the activities in ATDC and EI Squared were going very well under Stephen Fleming's leadership, but it has just 
exploded now. And what we're creating is an environment where large companies can place a landing party, an innovation center that can come in and try to access the expertise and knowledge uh, and technologies that exist, personnel, people uh, that exist at Georgia Tech. And it's gone very, very well. Just within the past several months, we've had announcements that Coca-Cola Enterprises is coming here, NCR is coming. Uh, uh, Southern Company is uh, opening one, opening an innovation center just in the first floor in the main lobby over here. WorldPay is locating over in Atlantic Station, NCR's headquarters. World headquarters is going to be just right 150 yards that direction. A uh, number of other companies that have been here for a while, ThyssenKrupp, Panasonic, AT&T Mobility, great to have them here. Just a quick story about as this was kind of evolving, we had uh, Ralph De La Vega came. Uh, I had talked to him and he was thinking about opening a fourth foundry and we were trying to convince him to open it here in Atlanta. And he said, well, I'm not sure how much is going on in, in mobility in Atlanta. I said, well, come down and spend some time. He spent about half a day with us, and when he was walking out, he and about six of his uh, colleagues were walking out, he said, okay, I'm convinced we want to be here. Where's some space? And I said, well, their archdiocese is about four or five blocks down here, and it's for sale, and the good thing is it's right next to the AT&T Tower. And he said, well, there's two problems with that. Number one, uh, it's too far away. And number two, the last place I want to put an innovation center is in the shadow of corporate headquarters. Uh, so we've learned throughout this process, and it's been a very, very good process for us and one that we're very, very excited about. But this is something I think, uh, and Steve, you travel around the country, look at these innovation uh, ecosystems that exist. I think this is something that's a little unique, unique in terms of how we interact with large corporations and how they could access the technology and expertise that exists. Um, I forgot to introduce somebody. I want to introduce uh, Councilman Kwanzaa Hall. Uh, thanks for being here, Kwanzaa. Appreciate it. He's from a uh, school up north that we won't mention, uh, and, uh, but an electrical engineering graduate and is a great, a great champion for Georgia Tech. But it's great to have you here. I hope you enjoy the afternoon. Thanks for being part of Technology Square. I failed to mention Home Depot, uh, which just did their board cutting, what, maybe two months ago, Martin? Uh, January did their board cutting. They don't cut ribbons at Home Depot. They cut two, two by sixes. But it's great to have all of you here. Thanks and enjoy the afternoon. Thank you. All right. So, yes, uh, great segue because I'd like to invite uh, our friends from AT&T Foundry and AT&T Drive Studio who are our venue co-hosts uh, to say a little bit of hello to you. So. Thank you, uh, a little round of applause for Joni and uh, Cameron, who are our co-hosts. Hey everyone, welcome. Welcome to Steve Case. Thanks so much for visiting us. As Bud Peterson alluded to, uh, a couple years ago, Ralph came and visited Tech Square, and he put a flag in the ground here and said, we want AT&T to be a part of building up this tech innovation system you know, innovation network here in Atlanta. You know, that, that's going to be something that's important. And I think a lot of people raised their eyebrows at first and said, okay, we've got a foundry in Palo Alto, that makes sense. We've got one, you know, in Israel, Startup Nation, that makes sense. We've got one near AT&T's headquarters in Plano, that makes sense. But Atlanta? But I think the more people that come here, the more events we do like this, the more visibility people have into just the amazing talent coming out of this city. Uh, you know, the more sense it makes that Ralph stuck his flag here and said, yes, Atlanta. Uh, one of the cool programs that's come out of Foundry, AT&T's Innovation Center, has been FutureCast, which is a program where we said, let's try to drive the conversation forward in tech. Let's bring in thought leaders, and rather than have 
them talk at people. Let's bring in local leaders and have them have a round table and try to drive the discussion forward in different areas. That's a foundry program. Historically, it's moved around AT&T's foundries. We've hosted them here in Atlanta. We've hosted them in the Bay Area. And for the first time this June, we're taking Futurecast on the road, and it's actually going to exist out, outside of Foundry in Washington, D.C. And Steve Case is actually going to be our first thought leader leading that roundtable discussion. So um, when they told me Steve Case was coming and could, could we host this Rise of the Rest, I was like, it's fate, clearly. <laughs> clearly. So we're so glad to have you, Steve. Um, we're so glad to have you in D.C. Take, helping us take Foundry's Futurecast series on the road. And I'm so glad that you got to see Foundry, um, which is where that series originated prior to taking it to D.C. So thank you so much for coming. And with that, I will turn it over to AT&T's Vice President of Internet of Things and uh, Drive Studio, Mr. Cameron Corsi. Thank you. Thanks, Johnny. So it takes two of us from AT&T to do this introduction. Uh, and uh, look, we, have, uh, we actually do have two innovation centers here. We have the Foundry, but we also have what we call Drive Studio. That's about a block away that direction. So we're really putting it in high gear here in Atlanta. Uh, the Drive Studio is a place where it's part garage, it's part showroom. You get your hands dirty, you can also bring customers into it. We demonstrate the very latest technology in connected car there. We develop new and innovative things like how to keep the driver protected by not hitting a bunch of buttons on the console, but instead using speech recognition to do so. By the way, Steve Case, I've had an AOL mail account since the year 2000. Thank so, you. Uh, you look like a smart guy. <laughs> so that's what the innovation uh, center around here is doing in the AT&T space. There's so much more from an incubation that's going on in this particular area. And we're very excited to be a part of it and want to grow even deeper with, uh, with Atlanta and this particular area of Midtown to do that. Scott, back to you. All right, so um, we're going to get into the meat of our program. We're, we're going to mix it up a little bit according to the plan just because of the time and all that stuff. But it's going to be a solid, really good program. Bud, thanks for uh, eating with us. That was, a, that was a bonus. And, you know, George P. is your, your name, right? George P. Bud Peterson, is that right? Uh, George Paul. George Paul. So George P. Burdell. And did you have to downplay the George P. when you were interviewing We're for the We are. Okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> well, he, he's, gonna li he's living on the 13th floor of SQ5 next door. So you can come visit him anytime you want to. Thanks, Thanks Bud. All right. So there's, there's really, I think there's a, you know, when you talk about ecosystem, you talk about soil. And we're standing on the same soil where the Union and the Confederate artillery was doing, dueling during the siege of Atlanta. We're also standing on the same soil that was, you know, a part of the growing city. Then eventually Coca-Cola owned most of this chunk of land uh, and then donated it to Georgia Tech. And then with the University Financing Foundation and Gateway, this, area, this block, part of the block got developed. And then uh, Georgia Tech developed the south block. Novare took over Biltmore. And in like an 18-month a standpoint, I mean, time point, it went from empty lots, empty buildings to what you see, just boom, 1.3, 1.4 million square feet of buildings, just activated like that. So the university, with the institute, with private sector partnership coming together to really revitalize an area of town, it's been important. So that 15 years ago, you wouldn't want to be here, 12 years ago you did, and today you're going to really want to be here because um, in just a couple of months we've got square on fifth 
and University House opening up, and we have 1,300 students living at Tech Square. You want to talk about a different vibe, a different, uh, different heartbeat, different soundtrack, that's happening. So the next era of Tech Square is happening. All these corporate innovation centers that you guys represent uh, are, are part of that mix, um, and it's really good to have uh, all of us gathered together. Our really great guided discussion, it's gonna happen in another lunch just because we don't have time for that part, and, but it's been good to have everyone come together. So um, I do have to, a little quick introduction. I had this uh, on loan from the, the Peralt Paul uh, jewelry collection. Uh, Peralt Paul said, hey, I got these CD-ROMs. I don't know why I kept them, I said it was fate. So, Steve, this is not our gift to you, but our gift to you is you can wear it while you talk if you want to. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I do have, a, I do have an AOL username. I, I, I came down here at, right out of school because um, I had the uh, opportunity to have a job here when the Olympics were going to happen. And I worked for my fraternity, which is Chi Phi Fraternity. And my, we got AOL addresses. That was the first time I had a non-university you know, thing. And mine was Chi Phi Man. And it was probably November when my mom said, this guy keeps sending me spam. His name is Chip Hyman at AOL.com. So I didn't think about that. Kai Fi Man Chip Hyman. Um, but, I, and I know, like, talking to your team, this is not the first CD-ROM joke. This is not the first AOL joke. But it's almost like a ritual that we have to go through. So you're welcome. Come on up, Steve Case. Oh. Well, I've had many introductions, and that one <laughs> was a little different. <laughs> anyway, it's great to be here. It's great to be back in Atlanta. I've, uh, I actually lived in Atlanta for a few months in the early 1980s, worked for Procter & Gamble, and uh, lived uh, not too far from here. I uh, had a great time, uh, and I've been back here, I don't know, 15, 20 times since, so I've seen how the city has developed and how sort of the entrepreneurial culture has uh, developed. Uh, and it's, but it's great to be back, and, we've, and so far what we've seen this morning has really been uh, very exciting. Uh, you, you're living it, uh, but places like this, a neighborhood that you know, 10, 15 years ago nobody would want to go to is now kind of where everybody wants to be if they're kind of creating great companies. We saw that at the, you know, the, the Village and Opportunity Hope, and there are all kinds of things that are really happening. Uh, the Ponce City Market that are really uh, showing that Atlanta recognizes the role startups and entrepreneurs play, and, and not just building products and services and companies and creating jobs and, and growth, but also helping to strengthen and in some cases actually rebuild communities. So it's, it's uh, really been great to see. Like the most common question I get asked is, what is this rise of the rest thing? Uh, why are you doing it? Uh, and what do you hope to accomplish? Um, and what it is is an attempt to try to showcase the great innovation, the great entrepreneurs happening all over the country. Uh, you may know about the entrepreneurs in, in Atlanta. Most people don't, and that's true for most parts of the country. As a result, most of the media attention is focused in San Francisco and New York and Boston, and most of the investment capital, the venture capital, is as well. Last year, 75% of venture capital went to three states, California, New York, and Massachusetts. The other 47 states, including Georgia, fought over the other 25%. But there are great entrepreneurs building great companies in these rise of the rest regions. So we've been doing a lot of work on the policy side over the last uh, a few years and decided last year, rather than just talk about it, why don't we try to 
put a face to it and create some momentum around it. And that's why we decided to kind of get, get a, a bus and, and drive around the country. And the first one we did uh, last spring was started in Pittsburgh and then uh, started in Detroit, then Pittsburgh, then Cincinnati, then Nashville. And the second one in the fall was Madison, Minneapolis, Des Moines, Kansas City, uh, St. Louis. This week we started in Richmond, then went to Raleigh-Durham, then Charleston, today Atlanta, tomorrow New Orleans. You know, great American cities with great histories, uh, but also we think great futures in large part because of the work the entrepreneurs are doing. So that's, that's the, you know, the, the key message. We hope that five years from now, 10 years from now, more than 25% of the venture capital is spread around the other 47 states. That's really the, you know, the way we'll see, you'll know we're making uh, uh, progress. The other side of it is to try to create more connections, collisions, you know, collaborations, partnerships, what have you, within the community. And we do, do invite a lot of people on our bus and we do different kinds of uh, events just to try to make sure that everybody is working together in the most collaborative possible way. Because one of the most important things to, to drive a thriving startup community is network density. How do you make more of those you know, connections? So we just try to introduce, you know, even though they all live together, that doesn't mean they really work together. And we're trying to build some of those bridges and expose different people to different things that are happening, which with the hope that there's more, more happening you know, in, within the community, particularly more building bridges between what's already happening, building those connections. Uh, but so part of it's telling the story nationally and trying to drive more attention so more entrepreneurs have a shot uh, and have the capital to get started or scale if, in, in Atlanta, other, other places, but it's also trying to build more of a connection. Uh, the final point I'd, I'd make before we kind of uh, open it up is that I think Atlanta is quite well positioned for what I think will be the third wave of the internet. Uh, and part of the reason actually is represented in this room and what you're trying to do here, which is this next wave is not gonna just be about product, it's also gonna be about partnership. And it's not gonna just be a few people, although they're gonna be examples, and then we just morning met the, you know, the, the two founders of Yik Yak that created an app and got traction quickly and grown now at 40, 45 employees. That, that opportunity will continue. But that was sort of the, the second way. The first way of being, just to, to set it up, is kind of building the internet, building awareness of the internet. When we started 30 years ago, only 3% of people were connected. That's why we were sending out all those disks, trying to get people online. Uh, and it took a while to build it, but now everybody knows the importance of the internet and the infrastructure's built and the networks and blah, blah, blah. That was the first wave. Second wave has been building on top of the internet. So it has been apps, product services like Yik Yak, but also you know, Snapchat, Twitter, Google, et cetera. The third wave, I think, is going to be about taking the internet and integrating it in a much more seamless and pervasive way in every aspect of our lives. The internet of things, healthcare, education, energy, transportation, government services. There's lots of different opportunities to kind of, kind of do a better job of providing those things and technology will provide that. But it's not just going to be about hiring the right people, although that will still be important, or having the right product that'll still be important, it's gonna increasingly be about partnerships. And also, frankly, about policy, kind of engaging with government, because government's a customer in some of these sectors and a regulator in some of these sectors. So what you're trying to do here, which is the connections, and that's why we wanted to do this, is to, you know, to, to celebrate what you're doing, where a lot of the large companies in, in the city are part of this effort because 
they want to be supportive of the startups. They want to be supportive of, of the Atlanta community, and they know that if you, the big companies of tomorrow start as startups today, and nurturing that seed corn is the best way to have a strong Atlanta 25 years from now. But they also recognize that the best way to run a large company is to figure out a way to network around the company. You know, of course you want to have really smart people working on smart things within your company, but there are more smart people not working for your company than working for your company, and how you connect to them is sort of the defining skill, I think, in this, in this next wave. Now, the entrepreneurs will want that partnership, because I think if you want to revolutionize health, probably makes sense to partner with hospitals or health plans or something, something like that. If you want to you know, revolutionize learning, probably makes sense to partner with Georgia Tech or, or other, other folks as opposed to kind of completely go it alone. So the entrepreneurs will want and need the partnerships. I think the large companies will want and need the partnerships as well so they can make sure they are as important in the future as they have been in, in the past. So what you're doing here in general in Atlanta in terms of building the sense of community and building more connections I think is really important. Uh, but figuring, trying to position Atlanta, not just in terms of sectors like FinTech and security and others we've heard about, but maybe being the best example in the country of large companies partnering with small companies in a way that helps those small companies someday become large companies, but also helps those large companies stay large companies. And the last point I'll make is just as a reminder of why that's important uh, is I mentioned we started our first Rise of the Rest tour in Detroit. Detroit 60 years ago was Silicon Valley. It was the most entrepreneurial city in the country, probably in the world because at the time, 60, 70 years ago, the automobile was the hot technology of the day. Detroit was rocking. You know, couldn't, couldn't open schools fast enough, couldn't open you know, malls fast enough, couldn't open libraries fast enough, couldn't build housing fast enough, it was rocking. But kinda lost its entrepreneurial mojo. The big companies kinda got complacent. Competition, particularly globally, intensified. And in the last 50 years, Detroit, which was Silicon Valley lost 60% of its population and a few years ago went bankrupt. Now that doesn't tell you how important it is to make sure these large companies, these were like General Motors, Ford, Chrysler, you know, some of the most iconic companies and the most powerful companies in the world. You know, they kind of lost their way because they lost that. Had they connected, as many of you are doing, to entrepreneurs around the, the periphery, and their, their businesses, I think, would have been stronger, and Detroit would have been stronger. So what you're trying to do here around partnership is a big deal. Not everybody recognized it, you know, including not everybody in Silicon Valley. They do have the sense that they can reinvent everything on their own. By the way, I was given this Valley thing pin by this gentleman, you know, like a slash through it, which I, I think is cheeky. <laughs> I, I want to be clear, I love Silicon Valley. I'm proud of Silicon Valley. It's, you know, it will remain the envy of the world. My only point is not all great entrepreneurs are in Silicon Valley and we need to support entrepreneurs everywhere. And the Silicon Valley instinct around disruption is great, but I think it needs to be married in this Thursday wave with an instinct around partnership and policy and perseverance and things like that. So I feel great about Lana. Why don't we I'll turn it back to you both for the entrepreneur pitches and also maybe a little Thank bit you. of you know, Q&A and get some, some, some good chat, you know, discussions going. Sounds good. 
Thank you, Steve. Yeah, so the great segue into uh, our introductions, uh, some startup narratives. Uh, so the co-organizers of today at, here at the lunch uh, is ATDC, Jen Bonet, our friend, and uh, Sandbox crew. Uh, Jen's also got a great uh, nonprofit called Startup Chick. Uh, and uh, so before I turn it over, I just want to let you guys know, Steve did agree before you leave to get autographed CD-ROMs. They'll be at the door when you come out. So here you go, Jen. Thank you. Um, thanks for everybody for being here, both our corporate partners, our startups, and the Rise of the Rest Tour. Um, a little bit about my background. I am a recovering entrepreneur that now kind of lives in life of service to our community here in Atlanta for technology entrepreneurs and for women entrepreneurs across the globe. So I'm going to start over here with Margaret Martin. She's the CEO of CN2. Um, they are enable enterprises to create, deploy, and measure effectiveness of augmented reality applications to solve marketing, sales, and service challenges. Are you going to ask me questions, or do you want yeah, me to just? Yeah, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> so the, the question that I have for basically all of the entrepreneurs is, why TechSquare? What um, brought your company to be headquartered here? Continues your company to be headquartered here? And how is ATDC, Georgia Tech, and the corporate innovations going on here been worked for your company? Absolutely. Um, I have the great privilege of this being my second Georgia Tech startup. Georgia Tech, if you are not aware of it, is home to probably the premier augmented reality lab in the world. And so um, the company that we have now, CN2, enables enterprises to quickly and easily create augmented reality content for sales and marketing and service applications. And then we wrap analytics around those applications. If you're not familiar with AR, it's that yellow first downline and football broadcast. We do a lot more with it than that. But um, I started the company <clears throat> out of Georgia Tech to, you know, first of all, have the incredible privilege to be partnered with the lab. My chief scientist did his postdoctoral work there. Um, he's arguably one of the leading minds in augmented reality in the world. And so having that resource is just invaluable. It's also one of the few places that we could get the level of talent that we need. Um, there are not many universities that have augmented reality programs, and so um, that, that has certainly been a big plus. The Industry Connect program that Georgia Tech has um, partners corporations. As you mentioned, we've got 34 um, Fortune 500, 1,000 companies headquartered here. But in addition to that, we have companies like AT&T, GE, um, who have very significant presence in the Atlanta area. And um, I'll say we've had great success with that program, um, being partnered with the companies. And so, you know, kind of a combination of having incredible educational resources through the university, um, the incredible customer base we've been able to develop, and employees. Thank you. Next, we have uh, Everett Steele, Kanga. Yeah, I'm going to go all the way across the room. Kanga is a SaaS platform sol which solves local delivery for businesses. And again, same question to you. So, you know, how has being at TechSquare impacted your business, the connection with the companies, the university, et cetera? I can do that. Yeah, so thank you, Jen. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. This is such a wonderful organization, such a great representation of why the ATDC is so valuable to a company like mine and the other companies in the program. You know, I joke as a University of Georgia grad, this is the only way I could actually get into tech, so <laughs> it works out well for me. Uh, but you know, things like the Industry Connect that puts us in the same room with leaders from companies like Delta Airlines, the Home Depot, the Coca-Cola Company, you know, et cetera, et cetera, on Infinitum, uh, has been a 
utmost value to us and shape the way that we perceive and, and, and you know, visualize our company. And the flip side, the interaction with the students is unbelievable. Uh, you know, as we, as a group of people, continue to get older, the students, you know, uh, are, are a lot more in touch with what's going on than, than a lot of us uh, tend to be sometimes. So we've done several projects through uh, the College of Computing that have helped us uh, analyze our data more effectively and efficiently, make smarter business decisions, and it's really because of the passion and enthusiasm that you know the engineers of Georgia Tech bring to this campus and this community and Atlanta on the whole. Thank you. Uh, next I have up Mario Montag, Predicto. Provides railroads an advanced warning of critical equipment failures through predictive analytics. Yes, thank you, Jen. Um, so yeah, Mario Montag. I was, um, I am a recovering consultant. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life, and after college, I uh, made the wrong turn of going after the sexy IT consulting lifestyle. I was very successful at that, and I hated my life. I wasn't impacting. Uh, businesses. I was implementing very sophisticated software uh, that was very expensive and it didn't move the needle. Uh, I started attending ATDC workshops about five years ago, learning about Lean Startup and all the other things these crazy entrepreneurs are doing. And uh, in Atlanta, was starting to kind of bubble up. Uh, you know, everybody talks about the West Coast, and and I made the conscious decision uh, to to go after this. Um, failed a lot, failed fast, went through the Flashpoint program, uh, learned a lot through everything that ATDC had to offer. And today, we're uh, you know still young startup with global 1,000 customers, predicting failures in bullet trains, locomotive engines, and a lot of other uh, really big, expensive equipment where our customers are, are drowning in data and they don't know what to do with it and uh, we're helping them move the needle. So yeah, thanks for, for the opportunity. Next we have Jeff Leaders with Sonitor, and they do hardware and software that allows you to monitor and control your home's water flow. Thanks, Jen. Um, I came to the ATDC in a little different way. I was a real estate developer. In 2008, changed real estate development, and I was looking at coming out of a, uh, a drought in Georgia to where the answer to me when I contacted the water district was, if you want to know how much water you use, go out to your yard, pull off the meter pit lid, knock off the mud and dust, pick up the lid, write down the number, and when you want to know it again, go do all that over again. I thought that was not the best answer for a way to really understand consumption of water. And in the apartment industry, you don't really submeter apartments. So we figured that we needed to start looking at that from a conservation effort, but from a, a, an overall equitable way for tenants and apartments to be charged only for the water they use, rather than doing it in a ratio bill type uh, setup or including it in the rent to where the landlord takes the risk that someone's gonna be reasonable. So I came to tech with the uh, question of how do you measure flow in a pipe without cutting it? Because to go back and retrofit, hundreds of thousands of units to have a, pl a plumber go into each one of those and cut that pipe was very expensive and very time consuming and very inconvenient for the tenants. So with tech's help, I was able to hook up with some very bright people, me not being a tech grad, I was a Kansas grad and an Iowa State grad. Um, so I was able to use some of the professors and some of the students here to solve this problem. And with that, we've developed a non-invasive sensor technique that is very useful in monitoring leaks and also consumption and gives you that in real time uh, reporting uh, across your smartphone or smart device. So the networking within tech and the ATDC has helped us solve a very technical problem, but it's also introduced us to companies like AT&T and Lowe's and others that are now partnering with us to use our technology to get it out to the world so people can really understand how much water they use. Uh, and thanks to ATDC, we were able to do that. Thank you.
Thank you, Jeff. And last but not least, Rachel Ford with Fixed. Fixed is a application that helps you better understand your car by kind of decoding your check engine light and allowing you to be notified when maintenance is due. Thank you. So our journey has been a little bit different. I would like to recognize Frederick Grimm over here as well as my partner. We started out as students, and I, I am actually still a student at Georgia Tech in my sixth year. I'm outing myself um, in biomedical engineering. But my journey has been so long because I decided to take part in all the entrepreneurship initiatives that Georgia Tech has been starting. So traditionally, when we came in, you could do three things when you graduated. You could work for a corporation, which we have a very large network at Georgia Tech. You could go do research, or you could go to graduate school and pursue your PhD. And now we are opening the fourth door of being not only your own boss, but creating jobs for other people. And we're doing this through initiatives like Startup Lab, which is a curricular um, approach to teaching customer discovery and the lean methodology. Startup Summer, which is part of the CreateX program that just got announced from Chris Klaus. Um, and th through those programs, we are taught not only how to come up with a problem that is a necessary solution is needed for, but also to scale your business. How do you run a business? And entities such as the people up here at Tech Square, not only Venture Lab, but also ATDC, teach us how to do these things because coming right out of school, we're trained as engineers, but we're not trained to start a business. Um, with that, some, some things like the financial literacy classes that ATDC offers, as well as the partnerships and connections that we get to form on a daily basis with people that we run into all around Tech Square. Very helpful. Thank you. Um, so those are the companies that we've got. Uh, hopefully you'll have a few minutes to kind of see some of what the cool stuff that they're doing before you get back on the bus. Um, and again, thanks for being here. Thank you, Jen. All right, so we've got just enough to bring you back up, Steve. Um, uh, I want to also recognize Flash, Flashpoint's director, uh, Merrick First, who a couple of years ago set up in inside this ecosystem uh, an accelerator, which has now developed into a really good program to knock down the barriers in startup uh, founders' minds. So a great catalyst for our tech square community. But you were talking about earlier, oh, excellent. There it is. There it is. Look at that jewelry. Everyone, hey, camera paparazzi, here we go. Get your phones out. All right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Allie's going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So you, you were talking about this idea. So tech square, that's right. Tech Square, while Georgia Tech was the impetus here, Tech Square really is bigger than tech, Georgia Tech, right? We've got all these corporate innovation centers. We've got startup-led organizations. We're going to have students living here. Um, what's, the, what's the question we want to ask our corporate uh, innovation folks? I know we've got, um, we've got Coca-Cola represented and Southern Company new here. What, what should we ask them about how, what they can make difference here? Well, I'd, maybe we just go around and ask a couple of them to talk about why they're here. Because I think there's a general, as I said before, there's a general reason why big companies should engage with small companies and why the small companies need the help of the big companies. But I'd love to hear you know, a couple of, of sort of like Coca-Cola, why, 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 why did you decide to engage? I would go back to the third uh, area that you talked about in terms of companies now realizing that there's a lot of smart people outside of our company and networking is critical. 
our IT group is located up at Wildwood, which is a very beautiful corporate park, lots of trees, but not a lot of opportunity to be more externally focused, take advantage of the ecosystem here in the Atlanta area. And we've been in now uh, Tech Square since February, and I can tell you just the startups that we've been meeting and how they can help our business, the students and the quality of the students that we're just onboarding, uh, we are 100% committed. All of our operations, actually, I'm with Coca-Cola Enterprises in Europe. We are already looking at opening up nodes in Paris and London and Brussels with here Georgia Tech as the hub for that whole global new university connection. So it's been extremely positive. Uh, and, you know, so Coca-Cola, obviously innovative, all that stuff. But now you don't think of innovation and large utilities, right? So Julie, why Southern Company? Why Southern Company come in here? We're coming here because our CEO realized that the business model that has made us very successful for the last 100 years is probably not going to carry us forward to the next 100 years. We did not want to become Detroit. And um, we realized that while we've got really smart people um, and our business, is, our business today is optimized to do what we do well, which is make, move, and sell electricity. So the move here is to remove some of our employees from the constraints of the corporate, the co corporate world that we live in, regulatory constraints, cultural constraints, and partner and collaborate and that's that's the key for us being here partnering and collaborating with others that can help us look at our customers differently our business differently and invent our future thank you we can continue on for a long time uh, but we've got to get these guys up to the the opera uh, certainly hope if you you're planning to join the the rest of the rise of the rest stop we've got three more things going on two to seven at at uh, opera do you have a final thought Steve that you want to leave one is it's, it's, it's great, great as I said you're here, and I, when I was sitting here, I remembered, should have said it, but it ties in with this Industry Connect partnerships between big companies, small companies. I wouldn't be standing here, and AWOL wouldn't have existed if a company a few blocks from here, Bell South at the time, hadn't invested in 1984 when we were struggling. Probably would have gone under. And so I remember the guy, Harvey Leva, who was a mid-level you know, guy at the company who somehow, even though there was no evidence that we ever were going to be successful. Trust me, at the time it was sketchy. Uh, he believed, and you know, it wasn't it wasn't a lot of funding, funding, but it was enough to kind of keep us alive. And eventually, things things got going. So it just shows you the power of of, of reaching out to these uh, these these entrepreneurs. The only other last point I'd say is, and I think you're already doing a lot in terms of the community and building those connections. Maybe in the next few months, next few years, you can just do a little bit more. Maybe kind of reach out and mentor an entrepreneur to figure out some way to be helpful. I, uh, the fact that you're here means you're doing a lot, and it is a priority. But just doing a little bit more and trying to get other people to do a little bit more collectively, I think, could, could really be transformative. Uh, and the other last point I'd make is, is one of the, I loved everything we saw this morning, but I was particularly inspired by these two gentlemen. If you could stand up at the Opportunity Hub, the two founders, uh, why don't you stand up, that basically uh, are trying to make sure that we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs. You know, the problem in this country isn't just that all the venture capital goes to three states, it also all the venture capital goes to 
white guys like me. Uh, and that's why it was, it was great to see the diversity of the, uh, the presenters in terms of so many you know, women, but also what they're doing now with 100 companies, uh, and they're looking at doing a seed fund. So if you haven't been there, I'd encourage you to visit, and maybe you can be helpful to some of those companies and helpful as they get the, the seed fund. If we, if we get this right, if we make sure the, the rest rise and we make sure everybody has a shot if they have a good idea, uh, no matter who they are, where they come from, uh, I think this country can be remain the most innovative entrepreneurial nation, despite the fact that things are getting much more competitive globally. I think it's, it's, we're close. And in Atlanta, you're probably further along than some. Even we're joking about this on the way that we're talking about the rise of the rest. In some ways, Atlanta already has risen, uh, but there's still more to go. I mean, as I said, you, know, the, you, there's, you could look at it as saying, look, everything's going great and all these different companies. Uh, but I think you all know that there could be more, more than 1% of venture capital should go to Georgia. So there's still work to be done to tell the Atlanta story, but it starts by working together within Atlanta uh, to whether it be the you know, large companies helping the small companies or a more uh, inclusive approach to entrepreneurship that really can, can put Atlanta in a whole other place. So thank you for being here and thank you for hosting us. We, ha we do have a thank you. Thank you, Steve. Round of applause for him. Um, Kanga, I think, is coming in the door. We've got a delivery from Kanga. Uh, we, we were trying to figure out what could we get you. Like, what's the National Press Club mug of Tech Square? We realized we didn't have a. We got, you know, like tech uh, thing. But we got an icon. This is going to be collector's edition. So, this is directly from Alpharetta, delivered from the factory. Uh, we'll be able to open it up. Actually, uh, we did a little stagecraft here. here. You can open it up. It's a flag. Now, go ahead. You're fine. <laughs> I passed the security test. You, you guys, you, we, we signed this flag for you. We made this prototype. And actually, the reserve table, I'd like you to come up um, and get a picture with him in front of it. That's collector edition flag because this is pre-Square on Fifth, which is our big apartment tower with the big garage space and prior to the higher power computer center. So that's, that's souvenir material, right? That's the prototype. 48 hours that didn't go, that didn't exist. We prototyped it. I'm not kidding you. 48 hours ago, we made it, we got it printed, and we got it delivered today. Boom. So. So, so thank you for that. While, while I'm saying goodbye, you guys get a picture so we can uh, the reserve table. And then uh, thank you all for coming. It's been a great, great afternoon. I hope you join us at the Opera Nightclub between two to seven today for the the fireside chat that Steve's going to give, the pitch contest where $100,000 is going to be given away, and then a party. So, so thank you very much. Squeeze in there. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming, everybody. TechSquare ATL is a media studio connecting you to the heart of Atlanta's tech community. Copyright Sandbox Communities, LLC.